Are you a member of our Discord yet? You should be, because that's where you ask your questions for the question block segment now. Get there through infendo.com. We put the donkey in Donkey Kong. Infendo Radio is on now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to um, Eugene and Lucas, um, the tell-all. It's an Ask Me Anything. ASMR um, video. I almost got more more graphic with it, but we're trying to keep this child-friendly. Try and try, and we'll do our best. Um, As you can tell if you're watching us live, there's only two of us here tonight, so I will welcome my only co-host, Lucas. How are you doing tonight? Not only am I doing fantastic, but as I told you before we started rolling, I have learned something. Here's your teaser to stick with us through this thing. <laughs> I have learned something about Smash Brothers, a simple trick, if you will, that will allow you to get endless hours of entertainment out of this game. So we'll be talking about my new favorite setting soon. But <laughs> Eugene, nice. more importantly, how are you doing tonight? Nobody ever asks you that. You know, Lucas, actually, nobody does ever ask me that, so I don't really know how to answer this question. Um, I'm doing really great, actually. I got some sleep last night. The kid only woke us up twice, so... It's um, sad that that's the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? Seriously, though. But no, doing good. Um, I have to say, during this um, coronavirus lockdown, um, being home with the wife and the kid has actually been really nice, so I'll take that as a win. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, what I will do is I will thank everybody that is a patron this week because it's, you know, the last week of the show, so, or I'm sorry, the last week of the month, so we want to make sure that we hit everybody accordingly. So, I'm going to thank all of our patrons, starting with Apollo Lemon, Mustard Giant Cow, Mark Nowak, Jonathan Lewis, Daniel Gaskin, Shine Down, Robert Gaskin, Michael Larson, Schnazzy One, Colton Malik, Minus 64, Phantom, EP Knothead, Sky Pharaoh, Slacker Monkey, Andrew Searson, and the Brianosaurus. Um, We do have some produce. I'm sorry? Yep, oh, we no, do go have ahead. We, we do have some producers, so we, I already mentioned them, but so starting at the top with our executive producers was the Brianosaurus and Andrew Searson. So thank you for bringing the show each and every week. And our regular producers are Slacker Monkey, Sky Pharaoh, EP Knothead, Phantom, and Minus 64. Um, yeah, so we're going to take a little break here. It's time to recharge our batteries, and when we come back, we will have a change the system. Stay tuned. Do you want a really easy way to get a hold of us? All you've got to do is go to infendo.com, and you can see everything we're up to and get links to everywhere to find us. All right, we're back. Um, it's time to talk about some of the games we've been playing, maybe some of the gaming news of the day. It's changed the system, y'all. Um, so I'm going to get started with a rumor that emerged from 4chan. Oh, boy, our favorite rumor source. Key- keyword rumor. Because yeah. we both know this is probably not happening, but who would we be if we didn't report on the facts? Exactly. So um, it looks like there is going to be um, a Nintendo Direct happening um, soonish, apparently. And right ahead of that, there's a rumor coming out of 4chan 
about a Nintendo Switch Nano. So not really much else aside from a um, just kind of a blurry screenshot, honestly. And that's about it. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It looks like a handheld console, even smaller than the um, than the Switch Lite, which would be kind of weird. But I don't know. I, I would you be into that? Um, I, I, we we talk about this stuff time and time again. I am the kind of person who usually buys the base system and doesn't ever switch. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really just. I don't really have a reason for it. You know, I mean, like, I get people like Steve who are constantly upgrading and stuff, but I'm, I'm happy with what I've got, I guess. You know, like, I'm the same guy who plays Smash Bros. on the Wii with a Wii remote and a nunchuck, because that's, like, the basic. Sure. You know, like, it's just, it, I, I, I'm basic, I guess. You know, it's never been an issue for me. I've never wanted more. I've never felt like I could bring my game to the next level with, you know? So, honestly, unless I keep putting cracks in my Switch, which, you know, so far, luckily, are only in the back of the system, and to right. the point where it breaks and I need to get a new one like I did with my DS, then I probably won't get it. But it's cool. I, I like the idea, honestly, of a small Switch. Like, that's kind of cool. Because I think the biggest issue with the Switch right now is that it is a handheld system in a lot of ways. But it's a lot, you know? Like, I, I joke about how I can put, like, a different piece in every pocket and carry it around. But right. it would be nice to have, like, a Game Boy-sized Switch, I suppose, if they could manage to cram all that hardware into something that small. At, at that point, so, um, Shine Down in chat, he has a, a pretty interesting point. At that point, I might want it to be a smartphone, you know? Like, maybe let me have my cell phone plan on that and have it with me all day type of thing. And yeah. then... I don't know. Let me attach like little tiny joint cons on the side. I don't know. That'd be kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, that'd be pretty neat. I could get down for something like that. But yeah, I don't know, man. I I don't think I I'm kind of with you on this. I don't think I would upgrade because I I'm still using my regular old three hour battery life switch. You know, like I never upgraded yeah. to the nine hour battery life. I never upgraded to the light. Like I just didn't feel the need. Yeah, that's honestly that's kind of where I am. You know, I think we're the. We're the two who are, like, the least likely to do that kind of thing, so this news is probably the worst for us. <laughs> sure. That's just how it goes, you know? Yeah, um, sure. I have a little news that yeah, you, will surely, you will surely hate, but I'm excited for. <laughs> um, you know, one of my daily routines is to Google Sonic the Hedgehog and check out all the news that happens with that. Um, I think I mentioned before that they were originally going to have an announcement at South by Southwest, but coronavirus and now you know everything in the world is shut down Mm -hmm. um so they have now said they're going to be moving that to i believe a digital presentation that a lot of fans are coining as a sonic direct um that's going to be happening in uh early next month according to the rumors early april sometime in april rumors are saying like beginning of april um two new games is the is the theory So sonic racing yeah and And sonic tennis Oh, you think? Oh, God. <laughs> I really, I'm really hoping for a main series game. And I can yeah. see them doing the thing they always do where it's like, the Nintendo people get this one and everyone else gets this one that looks cooler but turns out to play worse. Um, sure. so, so that's a thing. But the news does not end there because 
several movies over this COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak thing um, are releasing early for digital, and one of those movies is Sonic the Hedgehog, which actually comes out on the 31st of this month. Excited so, about that, actually. Yeah, yeah, so there's a few different movies, but again, for me, the big one is Sonic, and the, the last kind of tie-in to all that, the trifecta of Sonic news that I found, is that apparently this week, Sonic the Hedgehog movie is poised to outperform um, Detective Pikachu in terms of gross domestic sales. So that's cool. Like outperform, um, no kidding. Outperform. Yeah, that's I know you would think a pretty hefty goal to hit too, you know? Like I would, would imagine that did really good. You would think Pokemon would do better because you would think the demographic yeah. would be wider, but for whatever reason people seem to be going to Sonic. So I actually thought Detective Pikachu was the better movie in all honesty, but sure. I liked Sonic, you know? It was a, it was a fun movie, so Yeah, don't get um, me wrong. I'm I'm not a Sonic fan, but I'm excited that you, about this news you just brought because Heather and I have been kind of interested in watching that movie so to hear that I can you know download it here pretty soon is kind of cool you know like yeah yeah no um so yeah I mean just kind of a bunch of little Sonic news I'm sure one of the I, I hate to I hate to say this because it sounds so pessimistic but I'm sure one of the downsides of all this stuff that's happening is that you know a lot of game development companies are probably going to be kind of put on halt if they can't work mm -hmm. from home you know so um it'll be interesting to see how the games industry kind of compensates for that you know thank god we got animal crossing when we did because that's a game that has a lot of staying power and might need it to you know depending on how far along some of these games are like you know who knows if they're going to be working on the next zelda or the next mario for the next few months so yeah and speaking on like just a little add-on to the news like sakurai even came out and said hey man you know smash dlc pack 2 might be delayed you know because of this coronavirus oh thing, you know so like for some reason i went, you said sakurai and i immediately went to iwata and i was like well that's impressive like, <laughs> yeah oh yeah no i could see it you know it's yeah. it's unfortunate you know but um i mean obviously the most important thing is people stay safe so you know i can i can easily wait another six months for whatever game content was supposed to be at my doorstep but you know hopefully there's enough indie devs see that's kind of the nice thing though right there's a bunch of like solo indie devs who can still work on their stuff and kind of produce you know this might just be the dawn of indie you know one-off game developers who don't have a team that they have to coordinate with so right yeah no totally i yeah it, it's gonna be interesting times man like um i think people are just gonna have to adapt it and that's just the way it's gonna be you know going yeah. forward for the next couple of months so for sure um well um did you have any other news before you wanted to kick into what sounds like a really interesting um change to the system from your perspective i'm definitely overblowing it because it's such a simple change but i am having the time of my life so yeah let's get into let's get into smash bros the game none of you are playing anymore but all of you should be because it's still amazing <laughs> and i say that as somebody who has 315 hours in that game i think um yeah, no, Smash Bros. is awesome. I love it very much. I usually play by myself because, for whatever reason, competition gets me all rattled, and I like to play things solo. But I found a, a slight tweak to the system that you can do that oh. I've, been, I've been playing for a couple of days that really adds a lot more than you would think it adds. So um, the only things you have to... You know, you can set your own rules, right? So right. you go into Smash Bros. and you can turn on time or stock or whatever. Um, you do two stock. You set the timer to two minutes, and you turn off the ability to see how much damage the opponent has, right? I Those forgot like you the... can do that. 
Yeah, so those are like the three things. I turn off items because I'm a purist and I don't really like the items. You could you could turn them on. It really doesn't matter. But what you create is kind of this party version of Smash Bros, where instead of, you know, reading the opponent's damage and trying to deal the right move at the right time to knock them off the field, you throw like three or four or five people in a ring and you've got this two-minute timer breaking down. So the first goal is to keep both of your stock, because if you have two stock and everyone else has one, right. you win when it's over. But then if you get knocked out, your goal then becomes to just to kill. Yeah. That's so, an interesting concept, right? So it kind of creates this system where it's very hard, especially at like four or five or more players, to get everybody knocked out within those two minutes, you know, even if you're fighting hard and doing your best. So it creates this almost like mini game thing where you're building up to try to, you know, secure your victory. And then you have to settle for the fact that you're going to be in the sudden death. And you right. go up against like the three or four other, you know, in my case, computers, maybe players, if you're playing with people online who have survived and they're all in this like, you know, sudden death finale kind of thing. It sounds so simple and so stupid, but it is so much fun. I, it's my new favorite way to play. So, I kind of like that idea, actually. It's cool. And it makes for really quick, tight matches, you know? So, like, so far I found, like, the magic number seems to be five because it makes the stage nice and big and you get a nice little, you know, array of characters. You usually get two sure. or three that make it to the sudden death. But, sure. yeah, it, it, it's, it's, um, it, that's the thing I like so much about that game is it very much allows you to make it whatever kind of game you want. You know, Justin and I debate all the time about, about like you should play with items or you should play without items or you should play in Final Destination or you should play in Battlefield or mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. But you can you can do whatever, you know? And as That's long as you're not annoying Smash, your friends. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I recommend that during all of this self-isolation, you get back into Smash Bros if you get tired of Animal Crossing. It's funny that you there's mentioned that because there's a lot to do. I, it's funny that you mentioned that you went back to Smash because I went I was kind of uh, searching for something like so I went to like Crypt and then I went to like uh, I think I opened booted up Smash once or twice I booted up um, freaking what was the I, game that I played I booted up every game I yeah played. like it yeah. was like so much oh actually the um, God, Hollow Knight was the one that I played for a while for a couple hours I actually yeah. I settled on that one for a bit but yeah no I went through that same thing so I might have to get back into Smash and change some of the settings and you know yeah. keep it fresh a bit yeah I I mean I recommend it you know I've been I've been playing through Super Mario Maker 2 again you know just because that's a game that's always changing so there's always something new to do there right you, know, you just kind of look for good courses and you start playing them um, Mario Tennis had a lot of quality of life improvements actually I know that game kind of just got thrown away and forgotten because right. um, you know Sorry, the little camera noises through. <laughs> but um, we're listening to Pokemon Snap as we're talking. Um, but Mario Tennis actually has a lot of changes to it. A lot of the, the criticisms that I had last year, uh, or whenever the game came out, they fixed. So now you can like actually choose the course that yeah. you're playing and stuff. So um, that's You know what much... we need to go back and play is ARMS, dog. Let's oh, do man. it. I want to play some ARMS. Um... But yeah, no, ARMS is... I would play ARMS with you any day of the week, man. I love that game. Like, I was actually telling Steve, we need to start setting aside some time to do this kind of stuff, because, you know, we're our friend group for the foreseeable future, you know? I'm not going to be going out to board game night anymore, so it's like, sure. hook, hook me up. Like, let's play some freaking ARMS. But the other game that I have been addicted to is Civilization VI. Mm. Oh my 
god, dude. Um, it's a little clunky on Switch. There's a few glitches that make it kind of annoying. Tapping the screen. Um, I, I downloaded the DLC that adds, like, delegations and weather effects and stuff. Golden Age and Dark Ages and stuff. And every time I tap the screen, the little dele world delegation thing pops back up. Which is, you know, just wonderful when I'm trying to move a unit around and engage in sure. war and stuff. But it's a fun game. It's just, it's a... It's a game where you can just absolutely lose yourself for hours and hours. Mm -hmm. And without getting into too much detail, um, I have not been in the mind frame to play Animal Crossing right now. Like, I just, I don't, I don't have it in me. I, I don't, I'm not finding it attractive at all. So I have been bouncing between all these other games that I've been wanting to play. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, Smash and Civ have really kind of, you know... Tidy so up for me. tell me about Civ. Have you tried the um, save transfer between PC, or do, have you not played it on PC at all? Mm, no, I haven't played. The Just last time I played Switch. Yeah, the last time I played Civ on PC was Civ Four. Which, oh wow! Okay. Truth be told, I think I liked a little bit more because of the simplicity. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot to do in Civ Six, and honestly, it's kind of complicated. I'm just starting to get the hang of it. I play on the easiest difficulty now because it's like I was just getting destroyed, and right. I think I might actually win this round I'm playing in. But I also gave myself a really unfair advantage because um, I went with like the actual world map, and I made everybody else like England and Russia and Germany and you know uh, China and Korea and stuff like that, Australia. Sure. And my country was uh, the Cree, which are, you know, the Native Americans from Canada. Okay, so, okay. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. So okay. I have all of North and South America under, like, my ownership, and everyone else is, like, across <laughs> the pond doing their own thing. And I'm just like, you know, they, they finally introduce themselves. Ironically, the first person to introduce themselves to me was Queen Victoria from England. <laughs> Very and nice. And I'm just like, I'm just like, I know what this is all about. <laughs> but, um, but, no, it's, it's, it's a fun game. I'm enjoying it a lot. They've got one where you can kind of play as, um, uh, forgive me, I'm not as savvy with different locations and, and different groups of people as I should be but there's a group that basically is is reminiscent of like the people that were represented in Maui you mm -hmm. know that like seafaring tribe of like tattooed you know fishermen sure. and um and he actually like starts on the ocean and you have to like find land and settle it yourself kind of thing which is really cool like mm -hmm. just there's there's a bunch of different things to do so um, I've, I've been looking at that because it's on sale too right now I think actually oh yeah so, is like, it yeah. yeah, I I like it. You know, it's it's a long game, and it's definitely not going to be like a. It, it's a game that takes a little bit of thought. Mm -hmm. So like the perfect level of mental output for me is I switch on a YouTube video and I'm listening to them talk in the background, and I'm playing Civ in the foreground, and that's like eating up just enough of my brain where it's like this feels good, you know. But yeah, it's uh, I I like it. I think it's worth it, especially if you like playing, you know, like board games and stuff. So sure, probably a good t uh, game for um, well, obviously because it sounds like you played all night long, but like just for like long periods of like you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can you can set the game length to like epic, and you'll be playing for hours and hours and hours. So like, I think I've been on this one file for about ten hours straight now. And, you know, it looks like I'm going to have a diplomatic victory because everybody's been going along with what I've been saying in, like, the World Senate. So, you know, I'm pretty proud right. of my little nation, but, you know, we'll see what happens. So Sure. That's that's kind of been everything I've been doing. Like I said, I've been flip-flopping between 100 different games, yeah, playing One same. Punch Man again. I dove into Rocket League. There's actually a new um, Rocket Pass starting tonight. 
So that's a thing. So maybe I'll get back into that and try to earn some free gear since I'm going to have nothing but free time. But yeah, that's uh, that's been my thing. Eugene, you want to talk about the games you've been playing? Yeah, sure. I, I kind of stole a little bit of your time by talking about some of the games I've been playing. But like you, I've been flip-flopping, going through, like, you know, Smash. I'd have to open up my Switch, with that, which I don't have in front of me. But I, I know I opened up, like, five games. I played Smash for a little bit. I played Hollow Knight, which is what I ended up settling on. But, you know, I popped into just about everything. Mario Kart, even, which I haven't booted up in forever. So, you know, like, it, it's been one of those just trying to find something that fits my mindset and I settled on Hollow Knight um, funny enough and it's not hard to see why because it's basically Dark Souls kind of but um, um actually uh, talk to me about that for a bit because Steve has been wanting to start Hollow Knight but I don't think he's jumped into that yet it, I like it a lot. It's not, um, so it's going to be a lot like your Dark Souls or even somewhat like a Dead Cells type of thing. I guess I more kind like of Go ahead. I feel like that's going to turn him off, actually, because I don't think he's really a Dark Souls kind of guy. I, I kind of think so, too, but um, we'll see. I like it a lot because how it works is um, you go into a well and then, you know, you go and fight the enemies. Where it differs from Dead Cells is that it's not a randomly generated dungeon. So, like, you can buy a map and then it's going to be the same enemies in the same place every time, you know, type of deal. Um how it works is, you know, you have a currency that you are collecting and, you know, there's shopkeepers, all that stuff. If you die, then, you know, you lose all your currency and then you go back up to the top of the well with none of it. And then you have the opportunity to go fight like basically what is like like your shadow, I guess. If you can beat your shadow, you get all your currency back. Um, of course, you have to fight to get to the point in the dungeon that you are at. But yeah, no, it's a cool... Um, it has a cool cycle to it, you know, like, okay, I, I died, but let's see if I can get back to where I died to and, you know, get all my money back type of deal. I, I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, hopefully he gets into it then if he gives it a go, you know. He's mm -hmm. got like 40 games on his backlog. Yeah. I Well, this was one of the games that was on my backlog because I bought it on sale hell i want to say either this e3 or might have even been last e3 because you know how they put a bunch of games on the eShop on sale during that time so yeah i know i got it on the cheap and i'm really liking it um i probably will pop into this um and animal crossing now that i have animal crossing downloaded now that uh somebody one of my good friends bought it for me thank you well, that sounds Lucas. like a really good friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really appreciate it. Um, uh, Lucas actually gave it to me as a gift, so I'm actually really excited to get into that one. I wasn't planning on um, um, buying it because, you know, cutting spending during all of this time, blah, 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 all that stuff. And it's a nice uh, little present. So, again, to thank you on the air, I appreciate it. It's kind of it's a really nice gesture there. Sure. But um, this is a game that I'm going to pop into. It's like the opposite of freaking Animal Crossing, honestly, right? Like, Animal Crossing is yeah. so calm. Like, there's not really much pressure. And this game is like, there's it's all pressure. So we'll You know, see. it's funny. It's funny, though, because, like, you play it more like I play it. But then to go into our Discord and to hear, like, cold and Steve like talking about this game it's like I, I'm only one apple away from finishing my farm and, da -da 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 -da. and I'm like oh my god like like I play Animal Crossing to relax you people play it to freaking like get <laughs> on a bender <laughs> yeah like I've never and there are people like that right but I've never been one to like min max Animal Crossing you know like I know yeah. that you can do it that way but like dog you're like that's not how I enjoy that game you know 
just as kind of a closing point on our whole conversation, um, as I was talking, one of my friends who listens to the show live sent me a Reddit post. I've been playing the same game of Civilization 2 for almost 10 years. This is the result. <laughs> um, the world is a hellish nightmare of suffering and devastation. There are three remaining supernations in the year 3991 <laughs> AD, each competing for the scant resources left on the planet. My goal is to end the war and try to begin farming again. The military stalemate is airtight. <laughs> the ice caps have melted 20 times. There there couldn't be um, any better background music for this um, paragraph that you're reading to us Oh, here. no, it, it just came on, actually. So, um... <laughs> So yeah, apparently this guy has been playing the same version of uh, the same game of Civ for 10 years to the point where he has been in a 1,700 year war with two other nations and no one is giving up. So I'm telling you, you want a game like that? This is, it's the game for you, man. Give it a play. Well, um, yeah, it sounds like I'm going to have to give it a, give it a go at some point. You're, you guys are, it's funny. I spend so much money on video games just because I hear you guys talking about them. So like, and then you, know. you like, and then you like never play. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll boot it up for like an hour. It's like cool, experience that one. So, uh, but anyways, yeah, I think that now is probably a good time to take a quick little break. We might have a surprise guest with us on the other side. So stay tuned. I love producing stuff, but I'm really lazy. The easiest way to produce something really cool that you get your name on is to head over to patreon.com slash infendoradio and give us $10 a month. We'll even say your name once a week instead of once a month. All right, we're back. It's time to um, change the system again, actually, because Justin's here. Hi, Justin. How are you doing tonight? Hi, a wild mustache has appeared. (laughs) Exactly. Hey. Hey, Eugene. Yes. Um, hey, I don't know hey, if I misunderstood hey, when, Eugene. We were like, when we were like in the pre-show thing, but I thought we were going to do the game first and then go to change the system. Oh, I was going to get really there, awkward. but um, I haven't s- completed way my to, circle. Way to spoil the surprise, Lucas. Gotcha. But before we change the system... Oh, what is this? <laughs> we're going to let Lucas lead us in a minigame. Oh, I'm so unprepared. Um, okay, I, I guess I can come up with something real quick. Um, so I had prepared this game on the fly when it was just me and Eugene. But now that it is the two of you, um, the, the way it works is I'm going to present three game descriptions to you, and you're going to have to tell me which game is the most expensive of the three. Okay. So, so um, I'm going to have one of you choose first because that's only fair. And I think to do that, I'm going to have to really quickly have you two do a rock, paper, scissors so we can oh, have yes. the, who's going to have first choice kind of thing because that's a massive advantage. So, gentlemen, three, two, one, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. And it looks like they both did scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Damn all right. it. <laughs> Justin gets, uh, I'm sure that was entertaining for all of you listening to the show. Justin pulled scissors and Eugene pulled paper. So that means Justin is going to get to choose first after I read all three of these game descriptions and he will try to tell me which game is the most expensive. So, Interesting. Gentlemen, the first gentlemen. game. Get ready for these. <laughs> 
Join Hisako and fight hordes of the undead to defend her right to a normal school life in the 2.5D zombie-infested adventure. Dead or... I'm not going to say the title. Join Hisako's fight for survival against the zombie infestation overrunning Tokyo and defend her right to a normal... Well, I just read that, but it's in the description twice. <laughs> forced, forced into isolation, underground by the zombie apocalypse, Hisako has little understanding of the world above. After hearing stories about schools above ground, Hisako dons her grandmother's school uniform and takes up arms against the undead horde with one goal in mind to become a schoolgirl. The premise of this game started out sounding like a lot like our lives right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right. exactly. Travel across Tokyo visiting iconic locations such as Shinjuku, Asakusa, and Roponiki. I've never really said that one out loud. Using the subway system and take on gruesome bosses in both close and ranged Let's combat. Let's the subways. Upgrade Hisako's weapons and abilities for even more destructive force and find collectibles that reveal the truth behind the zombie apocalypse. Will Hisako be able to find salvation at school, or is the world just dead? Screw it, I'm going to say the title. Find out in dead or school. So that's game number one. Um, game number two is called Pooplers. Pooplers is a multi local multiplayer game where up to four players take control over babies. The game is diversified by power-ups and a mother who refers to each toddler to a cot as soon as she sees her child pooping on the floor. Okay, I, I heard it right. Pooplers. I, I, I was unsure, <laughs> but now I am sure. Staying and this in a cot. sounds a lot like Eugene's life right now. <laughs> staying in a cot reduces the chance of winning in a given round. A humorous game, however has a number of elements that diversify the gameplay and allow you to create tactics. Ooh, somebody went to full sail. Visit beautiful <laughs> maps to poop around. House, farm, seabed, or even spaceship. Choose different game modes, such as PvP free-for-all pooping, team v team pooping, zombie horde co-op. Play as a parent versus the pooplers. Play silly football match as a toddler. Play with friends or learn new tactics alone. With bots, poop in. Gentlemen, all I can say about pooplers is it sounds like a great pooping game. <laughs> and or our the game's complete and utter crap. And our third <laughs> game on the list, Vampire the Masquerade, Coterius of New York. That looks French. Vampires the Masquerade, Coteriers of New York, presents the conflict between two vampiric factions, the traditionalist Camarilla and the fiercely independent Anarchs. Oh, that's, that's deep. <laughs> it's a unique, atmospheric, single-player narrative experience set in the rich universe of Vampire the Masquerade 5th edition. <laughs> Choose one of three predefined characters and play as a Ventru, Toreador, or Bruja. Each playable character offers a selection of powers, disciplines, different ethical approaches to certain issues, and unique dialogue lines. Character-oriented quests allow you to meet four unique NPCs, a Tremor soldier. I get the feeling there's a lot of backstory in this game that you wouldn't understand <laughs> if you haven't played the first four editions. A Tremor so sorcerer, a Nosferatu detective, a gangrel of conflicted loyalties, and a Malkavian multifoliate online personality wow. with their own agendas. Win their hearts and minds, and up to two of them will assist you in the finale. Depending on your choice of the clan, you will be able to see the events from a distinct perspective. One playthrough is not enough to see all this game has to offer. Gentlemen, the three games I presented to you are Dead or School, Pooplers, and Vampire the Masquerade, Blech of New York. Justin, 
Which game do you think is the most expensive of the three? I think I have Some, my answer. Something about a, a Japanese game about fighting zombies sounds like uh, a very, you know, like top tier sort of game for their culture. So I don't know if it's a Japanese game. It might be a game meant to be. I don't care. I'm going with Death or School or whatever the hell. It Dead is. or School it is. Eugene, that means that your choices are Vampire and Pooplers. Did Justin steal your choice? No. Um, I'm going with Vampire Diaries or whatever it was called. Um, <laughs> because. None of you had faith in pooplers. No, not the poop. The poop didn't sound like it had much going for it, but the vampire game did. Not only did that, whoever wrote that description, they busted out their thesaurus, let me tell you. So um, they ha- they um, were thinking ahead there. I- I am- I'm thinking that that's the most expensive game. And they're clearly banking on a loyal fan base since this is the fifth edition and it's like a spinoff of the fifth edition. Um, which is why, yeah, Dead or School is the most expensive game on the list. Damn it! Um, for, for your reference, Dead or School currently retails for $30. That's Pooplers is, Pooplers is 9 mm-hmm. And Vampire is on sale. It's normally 20 but you can snag it for a cool 18 if you're in the mood right now. Wow, well, even was... my guesses were in the ballpark. Right? Well, at least my game wasn't like a dollar and I was like way off base, so I guess I'll take it. Proud of you guys. You did good. And yeah, that means Justin wins. He gets a free copy of Poopler, which we will be sending him a download code for <laughs> at the end of the episode. And you also win sure the opportunity to talk to us about the games you've been playing, Justin. So why don't you hit us with it? Unless you got some news. I don't know if you have anything. We talked about Switch Nano rumors and um, not really much else. What else did we hit? Just so you know, just so you know, though, don't get too excited about the Switch Nano rumors because it's from a 4chan message board. So. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and well, we one talked of those a lot reliable about, sources. And, and we talked a lot about Sonic stuff, which is really relevant to you. So yeah, just just take it away with whatever you've got. Dazzle us. Well, I'll, I'll give you the old razzle dazzle. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. What have I been playing? I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption. I have making a lot of no progress in it. Because the length I'm... of time that you've put into that game is <laughs> staggering. Well, because I, uh, as I said last week, like there's the and I'm putting in my my five dollar word here, the ludo narrative dissonance. Um, <laughs> I love the story, but the story is the story to me when I don't when I don't feel like doing the story, there's just hours worth of screwing around, which in itself is fun for me. I'm sorry, I, you said ludonarrative dissident. Did you actually mean Malkavian multifoliate online personality? <laughs> <laughs> what? Are, I'm leaving. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I basically, I sit down and I say, all right, I'm going to do one or two story missions and then go to bed. And I sit down and something distracts me and I end up screwing around for the next two hours and I'm like, oh crap, it's time to go to bed and I didn't do any missions and I haven't progressed the story so I have to go find a mission to do and then I end up going to bed late. Um, That's you, my story with that game all the time. Guys, it's usually a poker play... table with me on that game. That he Oh gets god, that was me last night. I spent 20 <laughs> minutes playing poker You guys play camp. open open world games so differently than me. Not, like I am, yeah. I am such a like 
story first. Maybe I'll get into like a side quest kind of thing, like on the road. But then I'll, I'll back to the story and my like problem... get the story done, and then I'll do all the the fun stuff and post. You know, my like... problem is, and especially with like Grand Theft Auto and that you know the the Rage Engine games, is that like certain things if you don't do them in the right order you miss them completely so i'm always afraid if i don't do this side mission now i might not get to do it later and the other thing about rage engine games is as much as the open world is like fun for screwing around in i find that once i beat the story i don't usually come back to the game i want to say i don't think there are any time sensitive side missions in red dead not that not that that'll change how you play necessarily but i'm pretty sure you could do everything in post that you can do during so okay so breath of the wild and why i hate it um no it, for people who've been listening to this show i don't hate breath of the wild i just have some problems with it that nobody else seems to see but um Aside from me feeling like a crazy man, um, I, I wish it had that that side questy thing that Justin's talking about, right? Um, sure. It, it's something it's something that I really wanted from that game that I, I wasn't able to get, um, which was that you know like you're you're walking down the road and you're going from town to town to to collect the divine beasts and you know beat the game, and you only ever encounter a couple of merchants who sell you stuff or yigas that come out of nowhere and attack you. And like, I just, I, I miss that. Like, that's the thing I like about like a game like a Red Dead or a GTA is that when you're playing in the world, it's very full. And I get that that was kind of by design because Breath of the Wild is supposed to be more of a post-apocalyptic natural exploration over like interactions <clears throat> with the, the humans in the world. And I but, get that. You but know what I, that I, game I, is I missing wish it, too? Oh, sorry, go I ahead. Wish it, oh no, that's pretty much it. I wish it had that. I wish when you went into towns, they felt as full as they feel in like a Red Dead, you know, where it's like there's things to do in the town and... What, yeah, what on on that on that note, like the side questy thing, like the, the what that game is missing is the big Goron Sword type quest, right? I was where gonna you... I was gonna say it's it's missing hooks. Mm -hmm. Um because everything that you do in that game that isn't for a divine beast is either for a spirit orb that gives you more health or magic right. or, or rather uh, stamina or it's for like rupees. But mm -hmm. because of the destructible items, because almost everything in the game is breakable except for the Master Sword I mean, other than the quest to get the Hylian shield, there's very little that feels permanent, you know? Everything's kind of randomly assigned and randomly generated. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If you could get a few different bows that performed differently and didn't break, or a few different shields that did different things, sure. a mirror a mirror shield maybe, or, you know, a, a, a twin shield you could attack with, or but make you know, stuff you like that. But make work for it, right? Like, make yeah. it a quest thing that you have to do. You have to go all the way across the map to get this, but then you have to give this potion to this person to make this, yeah, to get yeah. the, you know, something. Yeah. Yeah, and, and at the end of that, a tangible reward that won't go away, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, like all of the other items in the game are breakable, but these items aren't, and that makes them special and worth heart containers in other Zelda games, you know? Fair. But yeah, heart, heart containers and whatnot. Um, you know, like how in, in other Zelda games, you'll get to, like, the river in Twilight Princess, which, I, here I go losing all of our listeners. Twilight Princess <laughs> is probably my second least favorite Zelda game. Sue me. Um, I like it. I still think it's like a 9 out of 10. It, it's just, I don't like it as much as Ocarina and Wind Waker sure. and Majora's Mask. But um, you get to those scenes in Twilight Princess, like at the river. And it's like you can play the Zora minigame where you're going down the river and right. shooting bomb arrows. And at the end of it, you get like 
like a bigger wallet or a heart container or a bottle and you know it's like things that that reward you in a certain way I you know? think like, you might have said this at the time when we were talking about Zelda probably in like our game of the year discussion and all that stuff because we were <laughs> I remember that was a heated de- debate but oh yeah we were we were fighting <laughs> but um, basically I think that you had come up with the thought that this Zelda game doesn't really the, a reward in this game doesn't really mean much, right? So like when you find a treasure chest, it's really going to be like rupees or like there's you know, nothing to get. Yeah, there's really not much to get excited for because it's nothing that you can't just find on a random enemy or buy in a town like fire mm-hmm. arrows. And, you know, um, and and that that is a creative choice by the people who made it you know it's not it's not that they they lacked the insight to build it a different way they chose to build it that way because they wanted to create an open world game that is truly open world that you can do anything in any order at any time entirely non-sequentially and that's cool but Mm -hmm. i don't think i like that in a zelda you know like in a zelda format i want a big open world but the thing that i I like so much about going back and replaying old zelda games like i've been playing a lot of majora's mask right is um that there is a a certain set order to do things in i don't have to do things in that order right like i don't have to go and get the bomb mask at the beginning of the game i don't have to do kayfaze quest right after i get access to the the fourth area but it's it's like a constant rush of dopamine to your brain when you're going into the dungeon. And you're like, I got the ice arrows. Now I can freeze water and hop across and get that, you know, that heart container, or that bottle totally. from the beaver, and you know that kind of thing. Like, I yeah, that- no, because you're right. Because like in Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask or whatever, you know, you see. off in the distance like an item and you're like how do I get to that or like you see like a person even that you're like how do I get to that person to talk to them and then once you get the right item or you get talk to the right right person to set off the right sequence um, depending on the game you're playing like I I think that that's the type of event that Breath of the Wild is missing and don't get me wrong like I love Breath of the Wild you love it yeah it was it was absolutely your game of the year you know but but at the same time I can definitely see those criticisms you know I just I I just like that's the part of Zelda that hooks me you know and I miss that like I'm hoping Breath of the Wild 2 becomes more of a emerging of like traditional and the open world elements you know right so it's like we have this open world now let's scatter some different dungeons and maybe to access different parts of the map this time you do need specific items but yeah just the way that everything was kind of tied to the sheikah slate in the in that game it was like you kind of have all your tools at the beginning and then it's just go off and quest and you know that's how that was but we've talked enough about that justin can tell us more about the games he's been playing now uh, yeah, so, um, I'm talking about Red Dead Redemption 2, um, yeah. Um, part of the reason I spend so much time distracted is I'm really disappointed in the story missions. I'm not mm-hmm. disappointed in the story, I'm disappointed in the missions. Because the yeah. missions literally amount to the game telling you, go to this spot, now pull yeah, out sure. this item, now <clears throat> aim at this area, like, it's so... Very much a rock star story mission kind of thing, you're... It's it's one of those. Sorry, and they didn't no, I'm, use, I'm, no uh, they didn't used to be like this. Yeah, but they've kind of morphed over the years. Um, I I have this thing about how you can make a good game that's really about the story or the gameplay, and obviously the best ones come in between. But if the gameplay, like a game like uh, Persona, right? 
Um, the gameplay is fine, but it's very traditional RPG. So you're really kind of playing it to see how the characters are advancing. And in a game like Mario, there's really no story to be had, but you're, you're having fun with the gameplay and it's addictive. Right. You know, I think Rockstar's later games tend to push more toward you're you're put you're putting up with the gameplay to see how the story unfolds because that's what's got you invested, you know. And or you're putting sp- up with the story because it progresses the gameplay that and you're you enjoying. And you get to go to. <laughs> and, yeah. Me, yeah. and me, I love a game with a great story. I also love a really open-ended game where anything can happen, but I don't necessarily like when the two come together because it ends up being all screwy like this one. Well, like, uh, like Rockstar needs to just decide to make a you know, third-person action game with a deep story, you know, kind of like they did with Max Payne. Max Payne. Yeah, and then release a open-world game. And then two years later, release the theatrical movie. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually actually kind of disagree with you on that because I do prefer how Rockstar... You know, me and Eugene just went into, like, a 10-minute rant while while we were off, while we were talking about, like, you know, the difference between a Red Dead and a Breath of the Wild and what makes one play one way and one play the other. And I like that Red Dead is a little more structured and a little more organized and a little more... Um, step by step, paint by numbers, kind of thing, you know. But um, to each their own. I think that if the, if if Breath of the Wild was somewhere in the middle, where as Red Dead, like Justin mentioned, right, like they are guiding you. Like if you get into a story mission and you're in a firefight, like this camera is going to pan over, even you know, to like oh, what yeah. exactly they want to see, for better or worse, you know, like it's an it's an it's an action game within an open world. Is, right. Is basically. You know, like, even when you play, like, GTA V, it's like a lot of times the missions will have you either driving down a set road following a car, or you're in a building where you have to go from room to room picking off, bad, you know, bad guys. Like, that's that's how Rockstar kind of operates when it comes to their story mode stuff. Yeah, and they didn't used to be. Like, I remember the PlayStation 2 era, well, certainly the PlayStation 1 era, but the PlayStation, yeah. even the PlayStation 2 era Grand Theft Auto games were not as linear. Like, there was a story, but it was a little looser. You didn't have to do things in a particular order. You got, like, maybe five missions. You can go do any one of them at a time and whatever. They've gotten really strict, and I think my issue with it is there's no... In a world where anything can happen to not have any consequences for the things that do happen is kind of my my struggle like sure. if i like i understand like you have to be able to fail a mission okay the same thing happened to me when this track <laughs> came on i was like what's with the camera noises i understand you have to have like mission fail objectives but if something goes wrong within the mission that doesn't necessarily affect the outcome of the story, let it's it nice, play out. It's nice to, like, um, I, God, I can't not talk tonight. But um, <laughs> when I was playing... That's the good, Walking, we're a podcast. <laughs> when I was playing The Walking Dead, what is the name of the, the, the Telltale, the Telltale oh, series, uh-huh. Walking Dead? Um, I loved episode one. Yeah. Because I was playing it, and I felt like my choices had real consequences, and that mm-hmm. was exciting. And then I learned that my choices didn't have real consequences. Get to episode five, yeah. And the entire story was destined. Like, I couldn't, you know, spoiler alert, I'm sorry, tune out if you don't want to hear this part, Justin. But, um... <laughs> But I wasn't able to save the main character at the end, you know? None of my choices mattered. 
you can come back now, Justin. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, because I do yeah, want to no. play those at some point. But, yeah, it's um, just, it's 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 frustrating when you realize that that choice is kind of an illusion, mm-hmm. and that kind of kept me from going into the other games because it's a great story, but you're really watching a story play out where you're just trying to make the best decision for your score. It doesn't right. really change anything in the game at all in terms of how the characters interact with each other, who lives, who dies. You know, it's all very. Mm-hmm. What I've learned with those Telltale games, and I'm sorry, Justin, I'm talking over your changes system again, too. Um, it, it's it Basically, you the way you play those games doesn't really matter, except for to change the story, except for there's a few game over moments, right? So, like, if you were to make a absolutely terrible choice, and it would lead to, like, basically, you have to start over type of deal, you know? Which is yeah. funny, because, like, what brought that style of gameplay back was the was the I think it was the PlayStation 3 game Heavy Rain and Heavy Rain mm-hmm. actually did have consequences for your failure or success. And I've said this before, I'm sure I've said it on the podcast. I would rather play if it's going to be a story-based game in an open world sort of thing like, you know, Rockstar does. I would rather have a game that takes uh, 15-20 hours to complete, but have multiple branching paths and multiple endings so you can go back and play it again and do something different. Especially when you got something like the morality system, like, you know, um, uh, Red Dead Redemption has. um, Than to have a 60-hour game that is just really strict by the numbers. Do this now, do this now, do this now, do this now. You want to play Skyrim. Because that's what that game is. <laughs> well, that's like that's why I, I really got sucked into Skyrim. Skyrim is like one of the most open world of open world games. In a, in there a is very a... in a very good way, in that middle ground, right, where it's not it's not as empty as like a Breath of the Wild, but it's not as in your face as like a Red Dead. You can yeah. go where you want and do what you want at basically any time and I've... choose your path. So. I mean, splitting hairs, I found the emergent gameplay of Breath of the Wild and Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption to be better than the emergent gameplay of Skyrim, but that's also because those games are newer, so, you know, I mean, they've they've managed to make more complicated environmental systems, but yeah, yeah, Skyrim is really that kind of happy medium where there is a story, you can follow the story, you can also do a hundred million other things that don't Mm -hmm. affect the story. You don't even ever have to become the Dragonborn. You can just (laughs) skip skip going to Whiterun, skip talking to the Jarl, you never kill the dragon, you never get powers, and I do that in almost all my places. (laughs) I just go off and I'm like, this time I'm a bandit! And I set up camp and I start robbing people in the street. Like, yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, like I love Red Dead Redemption too. Don't don't you know? If anybody's never played it and is on the fence, I still think it's a great game and worthy of all the praise that it's received. But it is a mixed bag of this is something I absolutely love about this type of game, and this is something I absolutely love about this type of game. Mm-hmm. But they don't belong in the same game. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, and the other part of it is having played the original Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption Two strangely being a prequel to Red Dead Redemption, I kind of know 
the cert like how certain story beats are going to end so it's like all right let's get the story moving along i know you know this person this person and this person are going to survive because i've seen them already you know right. <laughs> yeah exactly I, I know this plan isn't going to work out because i know what happens in you know 10 years in the future i i'm um, with can, I, I i would definitely recommend you complete that story because it goes places honestly it um, oh yeah it surprised me on a few occasions but I got to a point, and you, if Eugene, you'll know what the point is, um, I think, where I was like, okay, let's wrap this up mm-hmm. and get to the post game, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I got to a point where I just, I got tired of being in that story, and I yes. was ready to, to go yeah. to the next part, so. Yeah, that's when um, I stopped doing all the side quests, and I was like, all right, I'm powering through this. Like, mi- urgency! Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, um... There's one other thing I was going to say about it, and then I was going to close this out, and I'm forgetting what it is, knowing where... Oh, just the strange, like, like nomenclature of this franchise is just... It's baffling to me, because Red Dead Redemption is Red Dead Revolver 2. Right. Red Dead Redemption 2 comes before Red Dead Redemption, but after Red Dead Revolver, which in itself is only kind of the groundwork of the world that the other that Red Dead Redemptions right. are set in and is otherwise completely un- I'm like I don't know why they didn't name it like Red Dead something else that begins with R like and just be Red like Red okay. Dead one and a half and, and of course all of those games are prequels to Call of Juarez which makes it even more <laughs> stop that stop that <laughs> you, that's like saying Terminator's a prequel to the Matrix it, and <laughs> all of those and all of those movies are just a um, video game adaptation of the masterpiece from Dusk Till Dawn so. <laughs> God. which explains the zombie DLC perfectly so, you know. <laughs> What else have you? But please, played, Rockstar, Justin? bring bring Red Dead Redemption, the original, to the Switch because I totally want to play that again, and I would buy it. definitely play it on the Switch. Um, uh, besides that, uh, I spent some time on uh, VR, played a lot of Beat Saber, particularly last night. Wore myself out. It was <laughs> cold in the room, and I was sweating because I was doing everything in hard and expert and all that. And gotta get that quarantine I... workout in. Yeah, and of course I figured out how to um, upload songs to my Oculus, so I'm not even playing the songs that come with it anymore. I'm playing all the custom maps. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Still playing a little bit of Breath of the Wild here and there. Oh yeah, no Animal, Animal Crossing, Crossing. Yes, I was going to say. I, I am not playing nearly as much Animal Crossing as some people are because I got it day one and people have like houses and gardens and uh, whole <laughs> right? slew of friends and I'm like, I'm still living in my tent. Like, <laughs> I'll do you one better. I started and then deleted my island. So I uh, might I am- do that because I ne- I'm a crazy person anyways and I need to get the right combination of fruit. And apparently you have oh the only God, way to get the right... Oh my God, you play Animal Crossing like Lucas plays Pokemon. <laughs> well, I apparently there's also only one way to get the right color airport too. And I'm not getting stuck with no yellow airport, all right? So. Oh, interesting. 
We all live in a yellow airport. Well, when Justin <laughs> starts singing the Beatles, you know that means it's time to close out the show. <laughs> That's about it, right? Um, I don't I'm hoping... know why you say goodbye. I say hello. <laughs> I'm hoping to have some Animal Crossing talk next week because as i mentioned i have it downloaded to my switch now so i should put some time into it before next week's show hopefully but um until then we're gonna tell everybody where they can find us so then they can keep up with us until next wednesday so justin where can the people find you hey la hey but hello uh, you can follow me on twitter at infendo justin and that's all i'm gonna promote tonight because i'm just burned out from everything fair fair um well lucas um where is your fire burning where can the people find you uh well as justin offhandedly mentioned toward the end of our show i play pokemon and i play pokemon to such a degree that my co-host and i steve um actually do a pokemon podcast that comes out every week now so if you go to oh see this is why i need steve here to actually like tell me if the links are right i'm pretty sure it's spreaker.com slash hyper voice podcast i could be wrong just you'll find us on twitter we're at hyper voice pkmn so you can you can hit us up there and we're always posting um, yeah, we, we do another podcast now where we talk about the competitive side of Pokemon battling. Mm-hmm. We actually just wrapped up an episode about IVs and EVs, what they are and how they work and why you need them. So, um, yeah, go check us out there. My website is chromatichue.com, which is where I post updates about my um, game that I'm working on, Chromatic Hue. I actually just created a enemy encyclopedia of sorts. It has a list of every enemy you'll encounter in the game. So head over there and check that out if you want to see that. And I post to the dev blog every now and then. And last but not least, I have a YouTube channel, which is um, Lucas Peace. If you search that, you will see my face with a big blue mustache and a pointy blue beard. Click on that, give me a subscribe, and I will be posting videos there. I actually have a new one coming out um, very soon, so check for that. But that's me. Very nice. Awesome. Well, then I guess... <clears throat> that brings us to the end. Um, you can find me at Infendo Eugene on Twitter. Make sure you're following at Infendo as well. And if you want to find more information about Hypervoice, because I, they um, are do a little bit of posting be- between the various Discord channels, make sure to go and jump into the Infendo Discord and Steve's Discord as well from Infendo.com. Just click on that um, the community tab right up on the top. Well, I guess that's it, kids. Um, what say you, we, I, they? I don't know what I'm saying. Let's get out of here, kids, before I blow it. I say, I say, we, I, they, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Let's do let's, it. Let's do that. Everybody have a very safe um, next couple of days, weeks, while we're you know months. getting through this. Yeah, months while we're getting through this quarantine, and it seems almost. Um, like I might not shouldn't say this but um it's still voting time man there's still some primaries and stuff going on so make sure you get out and vote and be safe about it or register to vote by mail like I did yeah that that's probably the better way to do it if it's not too late so yeah I would I would recommend trying to get that done if you can't so, mm-hmm, you know. mm-hmm. all right y'all we'll have a good one we'll see y'all next Wednesday bye bye oh wait no different soon different one for uh COVID-19 stuff Stay inside! (laughs) Why? Because we like you. We're gonna (laughs) use that. We're gonna use that for a while.
Can't get enough of Infendo Radio? Head to infendo.com and see everything else we're up to. 